Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent, that we are all one. And ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching this for eons. What you do to another person, you are actually doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Dreaming Interpretations with Dr. Michael Lennox. Welcome, Dr. Michael, to Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. Really, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I like for you to share. I discovered you on YouTube. I just I live on YouTube. <laughs> so I discovered you on YouTube. But I like you to share with our listeners and our viewers um, your journey. You know, tell us how, you know, share your unique path with us. Wow, that's a big question. So <laughs> I want to start with what you describe as your shows, you know, uh, uh, the fundamental truth that you talk about uh, that you open your show with, because it's certainly what drew me to uh, a path of being a teacher in the world to help inspire others to wake up to this oneness, unity, consciousness. My belief and happening is that there can be no peace for humanity on the outside until there's enough people on the planet with a sense of peace in their insides to have traction to allow it to appear in the outside world. And I, if I look out at the world, like the world has gone mad, like full on mad in the last couple of decades. And if I look out there for a solution or a sense of having an impact to make a difference, to bring about peace, I'm overwhelmed. I'm completely shut down. I wouldn't know how to begin. Um, nor do I think it's within my power to do so on any level. But I know how to help individuals have an experience of coming to unity, of coming to oneness, of waking up their consciousness to an extent that they begin to see the world differently by seeing it through the eyes of connectedness, that we're really all connected and that we are each individualized expressions of one great unity consciousness. I know how to do that. So that's my commitment. My commitment is to help as many people wake up to that consciousness as possible between any moment and the last moment that I'm here on the planet. That's my vision. That's my commitment. If it's 10 people, awesome. If it's 100, awesome. If it's 1,000, even better. If it's tens of thousands, I'm down for that. If it's millions, show it to me. I'll show up to that if that's possible. Um, but the what it is that I'm up to, which is the same thing, obviously, that you're up to, is very clear to me. And that feels very doable. So when I look out at the mad world, I go like, nah, I got this. I know what I'm here to do. I'll tell you that 10 years ago, five years ago even, I didn't have, I felt this was a kind of a natural blessing. I didn't have any problem not taking on uh, world events. They just didn't affect me. I could watch them. I could see them. I don't mean like as a sociopath. I don't mean callously. I just mean that I didn't get engaged at what was going out, uh, going on out in the world in a way that caused me any kind of suffering. And I felt that that was uh, a, 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 a good quality to have if I was going to stand in teaching other people to kind of disengage from their reactive you know, nature and relationship with the world events. That is not the case anymore for me personally. I now actually have to effort at it. Maybe less so than a lot of the people that I work with that are really suffering with looking at the world and going, oh my God, I'm terrified or oh, I'm sad. But I do, just like everybody else, have to find ways inside my own heart to, I don't know, I need not even have language. I guess the what I have to do is I have to learn where my limit is and say, okay, I've taken in as much information about what's happening in the world to be aware and responsible as a human being. But now my heart is hurting too much and I've 
there's no longer any value. So I'm not going to sit glued to the radio or the television or the, or the computer going, Oh my God, what's going on? I've got, I got it. Now I'm suffering. I'm going to just move on to what my life on this particular Tuesday includes. Um, and I think one of the benefits of that is, is that I know more intimately what it's like to suffer because we're living at a time where the world is really so much is falling apart. And what's our place in that? I think our place in that is to lift it up. Yes. To lift yes. it up no matter what's happening. Oh, wow. It's so much. Um, yes, yes. We, we, you and I are in total alignment <laughs> with our missions. And um, one of the things, now this, is, this happened to me before my awakening, and this was in 2001, um, September 2001, two weeks after 9-11. From within, Spirit told me loud and clear, turn off that news and don't ever turn it back on. And literally, I'm like, I'm hearing you loud and clear, but I'm not getting it. But I was completely obedient. Um, Dr. Michael, I hope we, um, you're, you froze. You're frozen right now. So <laughs> I hope your, your internet connection um, will come back. Let's see. Okay, you're, you're back. back. You're you're back. You were frozen for a second, but you're back. But yes, that happens. But um, yes. So I, from September two thousand and one, I listened and I was obedient. I shut up. I have not watched news since two thousand and one. Now I do hear. I know what's going on. I know the Donald is president. You know, and that's what I call him, the Donald. The Donald. You know. So I know. I, I know what's going on in the world because people will say I'm living under a rock. No, that's not the case at all. But I did disengage from mainstream news eight, 16 years ago. And that's almost 16, almost 16 years ago to the day. Um, but, and, and, and I am so thankful I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, uh, as long as there's enough information to be participating in conversations out there, if if what you're up to uh, is to help and assist people open their hearts more, relax the grip that the mind has, um, uh, staying you know locked into the news is really just part of being asleep. Um, and uh, you know, so yes, yes, that's, yeah. Yeah, now share. Share your, your journey. Oh, my journey. Well, let's see. You know, dreams and dream interpretation is a big core foundational aspect of how I work with people and how I came to my own sort of self-actualization. So let me start with that uh, because that was something that emerged as a boy. There was a gift that I had. I, it came very naturally to me. Um, it started because in social settings in, in high school, kids would say, oh, I had the craziest dream last night. And I had two childhood experiences that caused me to say to people, tell me, tell me your dream. One was Fiddler on the Roof, like literally the show album to Fiddler on the Roof, the Broadway show album was an album that my mother had. And on that album, there's a dream sequence in which the character says to another character, tell me what you dreamed and I'll tell you what it meant. So as a four and five and six year old boy, I was hearing this phrase over and over again and it landed, it stayed. And so as a teenager, I stumbled upon uh, Freud's interpretation of dreams because my mother was getting a master's in social work. It appeared on her shelf. I picked it up. I read it. I don't know what I got as a 15 year old, but I certainly put the two things together. Tell me what you dreamed and I'll tell you what it meant. And Sigmund Freud saying, dreams give us access to the unconscious mind. So armed with those ideas, I went into social settings as a teenager and I asked people to share their dreams with me and, and, and I gave responses to that. Now, I would I'd give anything to go back and watch and, and see what I said. I don't know. I have no memories of that. But I know that people responded, and they responded from the get-go. There was something clearly happening. Now, of course, with 54 years on the planet, in hindsight, I can be like, yeah, you have a gift. And the gift I have is a capacity to interpret universal language, the symbolism of universal meaning that's built into 
the object itself that the 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 object held okay so like this is my wallet my wallet has all of the important documents in it that that uh that not only provide me with my sense of identity in the world, but my capacity to maneuver successfully. There's money in here and plastic in here, right? So the symbol of wallet is a, a, a portable access to being strong, identified, and powerful in the world. I see. So if I lose the wallet, <laughs> the dream is about I've lost the thing, not my actual identity, but I've lost the tether between my identity and the world receiving my identity. I haven't lost my money because my money's in the bank, but I've lost the tether between my money and its ability to move through the world and create exchange. So my gift with dreams isn't that I know stuff that you don't know. My gift is, is that I can process these images so fast, lightning fast, at the speed of thought. Mm -hmm. That when I hear a dream, I can speak back the story about the story that the dream is telling, and it will have some meaning for the dreamer. And this was happening when I was 16, 17 years old, so that by the time I was a young adult, I was like, oh, there's something to this. Not only is there something to dreams and their interpretation, there's something that I can do right. that other people typically cannot. I even noticed in workshops, I, I don't think I've ever told this story at all, but I was sitting in my very first dream interpretation workshop, maybe 24 years old, five years old, maybe in Los Angeles. Um, and I sat around and I watched other people work. And I saw them projecting. I saw them hearing a dream and talking about themselves. That's called projecting. So it's like, I had a dream and my mother came in the room and the other dreamer who hates his mother says, that dream's about you hate your mother. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, I get, I get you. Right? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. called projection. I recognized at a very early age that I was not doing it and I could spot it the instant it was in the room. Okay. This is not because I had some great qualities that these other people didn't have. It's simply that it was a God-given gift yes. that existed inside of me, independent of all of my own personal trauma, craziness, rage, reactivity, all of the stuff I had to work through, just like every other human being before I, I could stand in the shoes of the spiritual teacher. I right. came to it late because if I had had it earlier, I didn't have the consciousness to hold the projection and the power that's inherent in being the teacher in the room right. until I you know, had worked some of my stuff out. But that was what, that, 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 that connecting to the gift of the dream interpreter is what propelled me to be ravenously hungry for all material that was spiritual and consciousness oriented so that even though I worked in the entertainment industry on the business side of things for decades, mm -hmm. I was constantly exploring, learning, teaching. I took every workshop, every weekend, every retreat I could get my hands on. I read the books. I did the, the rituals. I burnt lots of stuff and lit candles and did blah, 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 you name it. <laughs> yes, yes. So here I am now in the middle of my 30s. I've got a very successful job at, of all places, Playboy. <laughs> okay. All right. So hey. I, I ha I'm literally selling my soul to make a good living. <laughs> okay. All right. And I, I had a little bit of a crisis and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that this is so wrong for me. This is not. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I knew I didn't want to be a psychotherapist, which is why I never went to grad school for psychology, though I thought about it many, many times. I always said no, because psychology, doctor psychology means therapist. I don't want to do that. But so at this point, I think I was about 35 at the time. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't have to be a therapist, but I got to make a change. And this is what seems like the right thing to do. Partly because I knew I needed more education. If I wanted to work with people, I didn't want to just be casual about it. I wanted to, to know stuff. I wanted to be trained and educated 
significantly that that was felt important to me so i just went i went to grad school and i for you know five years i had no life because i was working and then eventually i got laid off and i continued the grad school but when i finished my master's in psychology it turns out that at that time the sci-fi network was looking to create a show a television show about dream interpretation and I got that job. I got the job on the dream team with Annabelle and Michael. It was a very long process of, you know, testing the show and creating the format, getting the network to say yes, and then a pilot. I mean, it's a good two-year chunk of my time, during which I couldn't work because I was working now in the mental health field. I was being asked to miss work to go and do tests for the network. Uh, a lot and you, you can't work with adult mentally ill people in a professional setting and miss work it just right. not not you can't be your, your your patients go a little crazy and then you have to resign <laughs> what happened I can resign um, but it paid off the show was made we did a season I shot 65 shows it premiered in January 2003 I thought oh my god this is everything like this is I this is my background as an actor uh, this is my background as a psychologist. This is my spiritual gifts as a dream interpreter, uh, all coming together in a, and I'm going to be in the club. I'm going to be famous too. And yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, that's what this has all been about. So three months in the show's canceled. And you know, when a show's canceled, you go from 60 to zero, <laughs> oh. nothing, you know, you hit the wall. It's like, Maybe they call you and tell you. Maybe someone called me and told me, but maybe not. And then the website's down, the show is off, the commercials are gone. It's just, you're, you're just, you just, it's, and it's like, oh, wow. I mean, the dark night of the soul that followed that was as good as it gets. And I had no money. Okay. Because I couldn't work for two years. So I, savings, 401k, credit cards, the whole nine. Because I was counting on the show to come and do a second season, then I was gonna be a speaker and a this and a that, and I was gonna drive my BMW Z3 Roadster and be famous Dr. Michael. <laughs> and now I had nothing. Worst thing, worst thing that ever happened to me that turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. It was so dark and so scary but one of the things that was also happening at that time, and this was happening before the cancellation of the show, so this did not come because of the dark night, it came before, was I was starting to have phenomena in my body, in my breath, in my sleep nights. Like I didn't sleep for about six months, more than about three hours a night because I was, I was being moved at night physically and I was like something's happening here I know this is good I was attracting a lot of healers and helpers who knew about this kind of kundalini awakening and I had been doing kundalini yoga for you know two years or so there was an like association with that um, and I recognized that that was what was happening I was having an explosion in my energetic physical spiritual mental emotional consciousness mm -hmm. that also took advantage of the dark night of the soul because that happened in the middle. So you've got this one arc of like, oh, I'm exploding into a new level of energetic expression. And then right about here, the show is canceled. Right. <laughs> now I'm living in this one room guest house in a garden in Hollywood. I'm broke. And I just have this, I have this explosion one, literally one morning into an egoless state. Ooh, I was like, oh, there's no me here. There's no, there's I, I am. I lived in unity consciousness for a period of time, a long period of time. It lasted almost a year where there was just, there was no emotional suffering. There was no connection of thought to emotion. I simply existed. My psychic and intuitive gifts were off the charts and accelerated during this time. And I was just living what it is to be vibrating at this very, very, very high level. Um, but that show got canceled too <laughs> because it, it, it went away. 
Okay. The, the high vibration went away. Now that I have lots of time between then and now, I can look back and know exactly what happened. The soulful <laughs> part of me dropped into the physical body for a time and basically saying, Michael, this is what's possible. This bliss, this freedom, this non-reactivity to the world and its experiences and events and people and judgments and opinions and stuff does not move you. It need not move you. Now, bye, you have to figure out how to do that. Oh my God. So when that left, then it was like, oh, then it was depression, um, drinking, smoking way too much grass. I just wanted out. And, um, you know, and I had this incredible awakening of like magical energetic moments. And now I'm like, you know, drinking red wine and cheap vodka and smoking all the pot I can get my hands on and wanting to escape like that just didn't match. But of course it did. It was the basis part of my humanity that says, no, I can't, I won't, I'm scared. I don't have the discipline. Now today I live as a man completely clean and sober life with a wildly de dedicated and devoted spiritual practice and i have the closest experience that a regular bozo on the bus can have of that blissful centered living that is possible for me i don't think i'm done i i i aspire to better and better and higher and higher and higher levels of that kind of centered bliss but i know how to create it for myself and i created through a practice of of breath and meditation and thought changing and you know we're always thinking we might as well right. be praying right right what's prayer but focused thought yes so it is my desire to live in relentless prayerfulness <laughs> that's how i that's how i live my life today and then in the decade from that crisis moment to now because it's been about it's been about 12 years since the depths of that crime when I started to climb myself back up. It was about 2005 when I really began to climb myself up out of the pit. So I have about 12 years of practice. And in that 12 years, I have expanded the business side of what I do, mm -hmm. which includes working with clients as a therapist to working with clients as an astrologer, to working with clients as a coach, whether it's to coach their spiritual practice or just in general life coaching. I do work with a handful of people just on dreams and dream interpretation as a tool of consciousness expansion. And then I travel the country and I do workshops, retreats, classes, curriculums uh, in all sorts of places and in all sorts of ways. Wow. And, that, and now I'm living the life of devoted to raising the vibration on the planet one individual at a time amazing so that's the that's the that's the, the that's the story of my journey in as about as fast as i can tell it but <laughs> have it be somewhat detailed and revealing yes oh it, it it's so amazing and i say this all the time i i honestly i forget how many shows i've done now it's close to 90. and wow. every, every every guest though Every guest, when I hear them share their journey, I identify it so with with it so much. Yes. It's all di unique and different, but like you said, it's it's so it's amazing. Yeah, it's so amazing when you identify your unique gifts like you did, and and you know, okay, this is what I I came here for. This is yes. part of my uniqueness because we're all divine light, but we're all uniquely divine you know and so that's so amazing that's so key to our awakening to identify that but um my my dark soul of the night which many of my regular listeners know is my son my only son transitioned three years ago um but before before he transitioned uh, about two and a half years ago but two and a half years before he transitioned that was my my dark uh, soul of the night was be two and a half years, almost three years before he transitioned, because I was told 
by doctors in the hospital that he was going to transition to to that that you know he was on life support and they wanted to take him off and this is in, in December of 2011 and I wrote a note I, I went I you know I had been in the his ICU room with him for five weeks and they take you because the doctors take you out when they're gonna give you this kind of news they don't tell you in the room with the patient right. so right. they take you out of the room and I'm all by myself I was in the hospital room all by myself um, and, and this is during Christmas season and um, they're asking me if they can take him off and life support and I say no no mm. no no um and and um then I knew in my mind exactly what I was gonna do I, I was not gonna bury my son um so I went up to a quiet little waiting room and got a hold of some over-the-counter sleeping pills that's the strongest thing I could find without a prescription took that bottle, and I think with some Tylenol too. So a whole bottle of over-the-counter sleep. I wrote this, the note, it said, I am not gonna bury my son, my son is gonna bury me. So this is in 2000, December 2011. I experienced, I was out for two days. I don't know what happened in that two days. When I, I remember vaguely waking up, ha having a moment of consciousness in the ICU where my son's doctor was at the foot of my bed. And uh, he said, Kyle, my son's name is Kyle, Kyle needs you. And um, all I, I went into that kind of state of when I did eventually gain consciousness, I just went into this quiet meditative state and just kind of stayed in that state. Um, and they, I was on, they put me on 24 hours suicide watch. Um, and they would allow me to go visit my son one hour of the day. And I remember the last time I had a supervised visit with him, I whispered in his ear, I said, Kyle, get better so we can both go home. And that night, he pulled himself off life support and was wow. completely fine. It was a true miracle. Doctors were like, doctors didn't know what to do. He pulled out the respirator, then he pulled out the feeding tube. All of his vital signs were perfectly normal everything was off the charts normal they were say it they said it was like he was never even sick that i call that my miracle my my miracle on 34th street because it, it the hospital was on 34th street in philadelphia not new york philadelphia new york. yeah 34th street. philadelphia <laughs> but it was on, so that was my miracle on 34th street that christmas because my son and i went home December 30th that year and celebrated New Year's Eve at home. So I was fine, he was fine. But and two and a half years later, he went back into the hospital. And well, I, when I brought him home that December, I made a promise to God. I would never forget this miracle. I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen the next day, but this I will be thankful for for the rest of my life. So in April of 2014, he went back into the hospital and as he, the ambulance was taking him back to the hospital, I said, I don't know what's gonna happen this time, God. I don't know if I'm gonna bring him home, but I will never, all I can, I can't stop thanking you. That, yeah. that, that sense of gratitude was, and so when he actually passed, which was July, transitioned, when he actually transitioned um, July, first of 2014 i was completely at peace yeah and and, and i i knew that it was his soul's decision yes. and i knew he's not gone and i i literally right. i literally have his voice on tape from six months ago he, he transitioned three years ago but Got i, have his, I have his voice on tape i do so i know <laughs> he is still with me and he is extremely proud of what i'm doing with this of show. course yeah. Well, and what what's beautiful about the what the the bona fide for me of the story is that when he then got ill again, and it was time for him to transition, that you didn't bargain, you didn't dismiss the miracle because you weren't going to get it again. 
And a lot of people do that when they, when it's not, when it doesn't land, when it doesn't land and change your consciousness, then you say that was a miracle, but this takes it away. Mm. Like, no, that was a miracle. And now it's time for him to go. And in the shift and change that you experienced as a result, you get moved to share your journey in a more public way which inspires people, which is part of your dharma, part of why you're here. Whether it's clear about how you're doing it or not, doesn't matter as long as you keep showing up and people tune in and they hear your story or they look at your smile and they hear your voice or they appreciate your guests, whatever it is. Yes. And those people tune in and have an experience of faith and hope and love and uplift, then you're doing your dharma. Yes. Yes, and I do, I get tons of emails from parents doing, you know, that have, and say that, you know, and I had this one parent that contacts me, he lost his son this year, um, grown son, and he says, please don't ever stop doing your show. Oh, yes, yes. You know, we, they're not gone. They, the, the, I did a a podcast just two nights ago, I think, uh, about the topic of dreams and visitations. Um, you know, which uh, the question over and over again, do you believe that there really is such a thing as visitation? It's like, I know that out in the media on a podcast or a radio show or a television show, there's a way of answering these questions that is appropriate to the persona of expert, you know, where I say the mystical response and the the scientific response, which I live in. I'm 50-50, a scientist mystic, so fully believe in the mysticism and fully believe that it's, that the scientific is all that counts, but it's 50-50. It's not 49-5 and 55, you know, it's 50-50. But the, 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 I can just as easily turn in this direction and go, well, of course he's still here. The, the, the veil is this thin little veil and, and there, there's no disconnection. Yes. How can there possibly be? Yes. Yes. So true. So true. And, and I so love grief, death, loss. All of those things are how we grapple with the change in form. Mm-hmm. The change in form sucks. Mm-hmm. It's nicer when they're here. Yeah. Touch, you know, right there. Yes, yeah. change in form is very, very difficult, yeah. but the connection is not lost. Right, exactly. I, honestly, I have to say, with him in spirit, we're closer because he's tw- he was 29 when he transitioned. He was a grown man. He had a life of his own. He lived on his own for 10 years with his friends. I got a call on Mother's Day, my birthday, you know, but he's living his life. I, you know, now, whenever exactly. I, I think of him, which is, all the time i know he's right there with me so the but also what you said about science and spirituality it was science that awoken me to the universal truth of oneness it was the uh film back in i watched it it was made in 04 but i watched it in 07 what the bleep oh yeah oh yeah awesome i love bleep when i watch what the bleep I got it. And it was Lynn McTaggart said one sentence. The biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. That, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) That woke me up to oneness. That really did. So it wasn't, and I've been studying spirituality and metaphysics off and on for 30 years. But what really woke me up was science, was the science. Right, which which meets it. I think that, you know, when... When I'm, it's not that I'm asked often if I believe in God or not, uh, but I have been asked that question, and I certainly see it asked out there in the world where people say, do you believe in God? And my response to that always is, let's define what we mean by God first. Yes. Because I believe that the quantum physicists have a better description of God than the dogmatic religions do where that's an really just an an off projection of human consciousness of judging and forgiving and retribution you know the god of the bible is much more like people than the god of the universe which is expansive and loving and includes everything 
true. It includes everything. So there's no like, well, if there is a God, how did the horrible thing happen? You know, how was there the Holocaust? How was there slavery? It's like, who told you that God was only good thing? <laughs> well, oh, I know. Well, there's this, you know, there's this book or this list of rules that says, you know, good things is God. And oh, yeah, there are bad things, but that's the devil. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't think that that works. I just think it's all one energy and it's creative and destructive so that creativity has somewhere to work. Mm-hmm. It's that yin like, and yang. Yin and and yang. yang. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, yes. there's only breath, but we have to breathe in and then out. That's sort of the universe. That the, the breath is just the expansive energy of the universe and we come along appear to be split off from that. And the only way for us to navigate this breath thing is to take little itty bitty ones in and out and in and out and in and out. So it looks like they're separate, but it's really just aspects of this oneness, this one breath. They're just a thousand little metaphors. we get. Exactly, exactly. And my main thing, because I, I, I went to Catholic school in the 60s. <laughs> oh I, my God, I'll bet uh, you have stories from that experience. <laughs> I went to Catholic, but I had, but no, my, I was raised, my father was very strict. I was raised, children are to be seen and not heard. So I'm going to Catholic school and I'm hearing all this stuff that does not resonate with me and I cannot question it because I'm supposed to be seen and not heard. But um, the main, with me, the traditional religion, or or at least traditional religions here in the the West, um, separate God from man. And and the for me, God is. I'm not separate from God, and I can never be separate from God. I am an integral part of God. So when people ask me, "Do you believe in God?" I'm like, yes, because I'm a part of Him, and That's can right. never be separated from Him. So yes, yes, yes. And yeah. I think that the 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 the. the I have a client in Jordan, um, so she's Muslim and uh, shares with me uh, frequently uh, pieces of the, uh, not only her culture, but her religious culture um, that are, are beautiful and stunning. And um, I was raised as a Jew. And so I have a connection to the mythologies and the beautiful stories and the way the holidays express certain concepts that are beautiful and stunning. And, you know, you, you walk into a Catholic church and mass is beautiful. It's the ritual is just glorious and gorgeous. And so I, let's make sure that as we're saying this, that we're, yeah. we're recognizing that within the mythologies of these religions is, a, is access to God. Yes. Yes. So true. So true. All I, roads lead to God because there's nowhere yes. else to go. Exactly. That I say that all the time. All paths lead to God because all there is is God. And I have the utmost respect for all religions. I don't I don't claim to be any one particular religion. And I have the utmost respect for all religions. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So very, very true. Wow. And I just at, at the sciences, too. I'm so I'm so I am just as attracted, I'm that 50-50 to science, 50-50 science and spirituality. And to me, they're both saying the same thing. They are both saying the same thing. And, um, you know, it's like as we learn more about what happens in the brain when people meditate and, you know, the idea that they've discovered that the pituitary gland releases this chemical that's the same psychotropic chemical found in certain plant medicines that indigenous people are doing. And therefore, there's these, you know, visual mystical experiences that people can have in dreams and whatnot. I love the notion that as science learns more about the brain, what it's showing us is what the brain is doing when we're connected to that energy. The scientist has a tendency to say, and therefore there's no mystical piece. It's just the brain. It's like, oh no, you got it all wrong. This is what the beautiful brain is doing as it connects to the unity consciousness that invented it. Yes. 
so so true. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Awesome. So I I just I just love the how. That's why I love doing the show. I love connecting. I see. I find my guest on YouTube. I like it, oh. and I'm like, okay, I have to invite them onto the show because this is. I really when I really awoken to the truth of oneness what i really wanted to do is communicate with people like this but i live in the poconos <laughs> i love it here been here for 26 Beautiful years the poconos. oh I know yes I, know I, well. I i i love nature i love the lakes i i, I love it here um but actually finding people to actually communicate have these conversations with on a weekly basis was a little challenging so i had not like i said spirit inspired me to start the show in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. um and i had no i didn't even know what a, a podcast was at that time i just googled how do you start an internet radio show and found blog talk radio and the rest is history but i i know that like you said when when you know what you your dharma is you know why you're here it's just it's just joy and staying in that now and like you when you were describing um that moment back 12 years ago where you were just in the non-reactive state and i'm kind of there now you know but i always have to remind myself so it's a conscious like okay remember you're in the dream. You're still in the dream. You're not out the dream yet. That's right. <laughs> You're still in the dream. And it is the dream of your own creation. That's, that's right. That's another thing. I own the dream. Okay, I am the producer, the director, the actor, the writer, the, you know, everything. This is my dream. So now how am I going to react? Like you said, our you know, so now it's always moment to moment remembering the truth of who I am and what all of this is, which I, I have a new name for it. It is a holographic multidimensional mirror. <laughs> That's my name. I like it. I, I like, like it. I like Although, that. First of all, it's definitely a mirror. Yes. But it is more than just a horizontal mirror with one dimension shooting back at us. It's complex and it's it's varied and it is layered. Yes. Dimensional, therefore holographic, multidimensional, mm -hmm. because there's all sorts of dimensions right here and now. Yes. Uh, but it's a mirror. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I remind myself. And if I want the the reflection in the mirror to smile back at me, That's I have right. to I have to smile. That's right. And one of the things about embracing the mirrored consciousness as a way of life is there's a lot of responsibility in that because you do, it is absolute. Life is either mirroring back your consciousness or it's not. It can't be in between and it can't be only when it serves you. And so that means that when something difficult comes along, we do have to sort of take responsibility for that. And yet, even in that, it doesn't have to be literal. Like I had a day yesterday that I absolutely preferred not to be in. I was looking forward to it ending. It did end and I was grateful. And I'm I laughing, stated, but I, I'm going to share in a minute. Please okay. tell so because I, I have to share why I, I'm I laughing. stayed in it. I showed up to everything that I had to do. I didn't judge it as it was going. I didn't rail against it. I wasn't sitting there thinking, this sucks. Even when in my kind of distracted energetic, I turned too fast and too sharply into the parking lot at Trader Joe's <laughs> and blew my tire out. Oh. <laughs> so even in that, I was like, I remember what it would have been like to have that experience 15 years ago. I'd still be in a constricted complaint about it. I hear you. But I... Now, it didn't please me, so let's not, like, don't anybody think that what it looks like is, oh, it's all perfect. It wasn't perfect. I blew my tire out. I was not happy about that. It was also a $200 error. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, even the $200, it's like, it's just money. I got money. This, uh, yeah, here's the credit card. No, the money wasn't the issue. The issue was that $200 as energy is a significant amount of energy. Mm -hmm. The error was so stupid <laughs> that it didn't feel worthy of the okay. $200 reflection of it. If I'm going to have a $200 error, I'd rather have the error be a little juicier. <laughs> yes. Right? 
but the the, the 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 sort of the moral of the story is i was out of sorts on the inside and probably couldn't have done much about that that was what i was given for the day and i was doing a pretty good job of it though i couldn't make it go away i could certainly work with it do what i had to do without thinking about it and if i had to show up for a client i showed up fully for a client i hate grocery shopping but i needed to go so i went i'm showing up for that and then when this obstacle hit me i was like oh god i wish this hadn't happened but it did and so i'm going to move as fast as i can to grace and one of the ways that i was able to do this is that the guy who showed up to tow me was so nice and I could see that. Yes. Because I wasn't doing this. Yes. You do this, and then they come at you, and then you do this, and then they do that back, and then the mirror dance is on its way. And okay. But I wasn't. I was open enough to have him be there. And I was like, okay, the checker at Trader Joe's. Also, relaxed, having a conversation with me. So that by the time I was sitting, waiting for the new tire to be put on when I got towed to the place, I was already in a place of acceptance and grace. And I was still happy when I put my head on the pillow at the end of the day saying, I am glad this day is over. But I did not rail against the day. Yes. I simply met it. Yes. You, you, you know what? I am, I am so laughing because... My day was totally opposite yesterday. Yesterday? <laughs> I yes love that. Yesterday was such an amazing day. I, I even, when a friend of mine called me last night, I said, today has been so amazing, I can't even put it into words. It was one of those days where I could not plan it. I could not plan all the good stuff that happened to me yesterday. Right. It was, it's like one of those days that where you were just in the flow, and spirit will do it even twice as better. Something right. I, it was that kind of day for me yesterday. So it's amazing. As soon as you said yesterday was one of those days, I was yeah. like, oh my God. And mine was exactly the opposite. Not saying every day, I don't have every day like yesterday, but give me 10 of yesterdays. It was amazing. So it's like, but I understand exactly what you're saying is when it's, it's being, in that moment, understanding, you know, it's all energy. The That's energy right. and the energy that you're putting out is going to reflect back, and sometimes That's it right. reflects back to you immediately. But I love, immediately. I love, I love how you said though, when the gentleman that came, he, you know, he was shining, and you just shined back. The cashier, you just so you, you know, okay, it's like, oh darn, why that happened? But okay, let me not take that with me to the next person I in encounter. You know? Right, even if it looks like this, here's a version of this that I can imagine for myself would be feeling angry and frustrated and therefore shut down so that while I'm shopping and I get to the checker, I'm not engaging. Right. And then I've missed out exactly. on a moment where God is looking, wants to look into my eyes. Yes. And I'm saying, no, I'm gonna be silent and quiet because I'm angry because my tire blew and <laughs> But instead, I looked up, and I was still like, my tire blew. <laughs> I had this thing happening, yes. and yes. that helped yes. lighten it up. Yes. This is an important conversation because I, I think that one of the things that happens in spiritual community out there, in spiritual consciousness, is that people think that it's all supposed to be love and light. Yes. And that there's no room in there for darker feelings or frustration or anger or reactive uh, nature. Uh, and that's not true. That's called the spiritual bypass. If we go to love and light too fast yes. and we don't let that part of us have its voice, we will suffer. Not today, maybe down the way, because we will take that darker energy and try to pretend it's not there. Exactly. That, nobody benefits from that. Exactly. I had an experience once in, in my spiritual community where at the time I was responsible for the music. Um, and someone disappointed me that morning. She was supposed to learn a, a song and sing some harmony. And she came up and she said, I didn't do it. I don't want to do it. And I was, I was mad because not only because I wanted to do that piece, but because now it threw off what I had to get ready for services. And it was a half hour before services. So it was like, okay. 
And she said to me, oh, it's all going to be perfect. And I thought, hey, wait a minute. No, not at that I'm moment. not ready to go there. I'm still mad. And she mm-hmm. said to me, and I said, I have to stay mad for a moment. And she said, I never forget this. She said, for how long? <laughs> and I, I, no one ever asked me that before, right? So I was like, and I, I, I thought about it. <laughs> I'm done. Oh okay. Yeah. For it. how long? That was a good question. It was a great question because what it taught me. Uh-huh. Oh, I actually get emotional saying this. What it taught me was that those darker, clunkier pieces of energy, they don't need anything but to be breathe into to be expressed yes Yes. i did not need to stay angry at her for more than a moment yes but if i wasn't given the moment to breathe into that then i'd have stored it away and it would have created conflict later yes so true so true so it's just a momentary like oh this is what i'm feeling and it's possible to learn how to do this with your fellow human beings in a way that is confrontational, not conflictual. Exactly. That is respectful and not attacking. Exactly. I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> criticize, but I had yes. to sort of, and, you know, so I, I yes. learned a lot in that, that interaction. Yes. Definitely very, very valuable. That is so true because I, I get, I won't say criticized, but I get questioned a lot about how I'm always just taking each moment and 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 making the you know seeing the pot looking i'm looking for the positive in every moment and owning it you know um but i get a little like you're just the love and light kind of thing and like no when it comes to feelings you have to address those feelings you right. cannot stop and that's what becomes cancer when you that's, stuff, that's exactly right yes Yes, when you stuff those emotions, no, you have to really, if you feel like screaming and crying and, and, and banging on the wall, I wouldn't suggest banging on a person, but if you, you know, you have to let those feelings out. You have to address them. Yes. yes. So I, I agree with you a hundred percent, but I just love how she's like, well, for how long? You know, that was what her concern was. Yes. Like yeah. she made the choice that was right for her. And now there's a consequence to the choice. Michael's angry. Yes. So now what does she want to know? Okay, how long am I in the doghouse for? <laughs> yeah. It was a great question. That is so wonderful. So and you wonderful. want to know something? The music that day was perfect. Of course. It always something is. else came along. Yes, it's always perfect perfect divine timing i mean i have now i am so grounded in okay if it didn't go as i planned it was my human consciousness that planned it anyway it wasn't my higher self that planned. you know your higher self will do what what happens in the now moment where it wasn't planned it's always higher self and all higher self is always perfect and divine yes and in order for us to see that to order us to be walking through life and see that we have to be in the moment because that information is only available in this moment. So we have to be present. One of the ways that I practice being present is I have a rule and I talk about this a lot and people respond to it well. So I'll share it with you here. The rule is, is that I'm not allowed to talk to anybody who isn't in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that if in my fantasy conversations, I'm talking to somebody that bothered me the other day or talking to somebody in advance of the conversation, okay. I stop Okay. because they're not in the room. Then I'm not in the present moment. I'm only allowed to talk to someone who's in the room. And if I'm by myself, there's only two people in the room, me and God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes. Yes. So true. So true. The now moment is one of my favorite books, The Power of Now. The Power of Now. Yes. It is, that is such a, oh my goodness. Please, Dr. Michael, please share with our listeners how they can follow your work and, and, and find you. 
Absolutely. My website is michaellennox.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, and then L-E-N-N-O-X, michaellennox.com. Um, I'm also big on Facebook. There's a lot of new moon and full moon posts that I do on Facebook. Um, so Michael Lennox on Facebook. I also have a, a, a page on Facebook called Perchance to Dream. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been uh, recently sort of expanding on Instagram, DL, uh, Dr. Lennox Dreams, D-R-L-E-N-N-O-X Dreams, uh, and I post astrological information. Uh, I have an intern who's doing, finding me the most beautiful imagery to, 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 to post with. Um, so those three places are the best ways to stay in touch with me, michaellennox.com, Michael Lennox on Facebook, or Perchance to Dream, or Dr. Lennox Dreams on Instagram. Oh, okay. Now you you mentioned the astrology. How about that eclipse we had back uh, August twenty first? Unbelievable. Both visually, I I'm in Southern California, so I had the opportunity to go to Idaho if I wanted, uh, but it just it just felt like too much effort. Um, um, so I missed out on that opportunity. But it was beautiful to watch, and it was incredibly inspiring from a consciousness perspective you had the eclipse happening at 28 degrees of leo and you had mercury retrograding back to 21 to uh, 28 degrees of leo mm -hmm. and then you had venus who just followed up and hit 28 degrees of leo just a, about a week ago so you have all of this activity at one point wow. in the cosmos and so what that what that the message is is that the leo mansion is exploding into consciousness at this moment as a result of this eclipse and leo represents passion joy creative expression powerful leadership a sense of warmth and beauty in the world at large and stepping up to your sense of leadership and how that works for each of us as individuals wow so amazing yes yes i did get this i didn't go to see i could have gone to south carolina here on the uh, east coast but i said let me i got to see about 78 percent and i used um what do they call those welders goggles oh and perfect I, yeah they perfect. were yeah and i did get to see it very clearly the 78 yeah. percent of it so and i was meditating i did the there was a meditation that was being shared on the internet that you're supposed to do at 11 11 east west coast which was 2 11 my time a 16 minute um unity meditation so beautiful i did that at that particular moment beautiful. well done. yes yes now also share with our listeners i know you say you do workshops and retreats and share with our our listeners what's coming up for you well actually at the moment i just finished all of my 2017 travel i just came back from tucson about uh, three weeks ago and at the moment i've got nothing on the boards yet for 2018 so i have nothing to share at the moment it was a pretty busy travel i was in south florida i was in denver i was in tucson i was in upstate new york i was in a lot of places 2017 um and i haven't booked anything in 2018 because i'm working on my next book so i've had three out already uh, the last one the llewellyn's little book of dreams just came out on september 8th Oh. So people find mm -hmm. that anywhere books are sold. The Llewellyn's Little Book of Dreams. Yeah, so I'm actually going to probably take about six or nine months off from traveling and just focus on writing the book. My next wow. book. Wow. Well, that's so wonderful to hear because I actually want to take time <laughs> to write. My I've had listeners write me and say I should write a book. And I told you I have um, my son's voice on tape from his birthday back in November of this past year. And he says to me, mom, you have a book in you. So I actually have a title, I have a working title. Um, I, I, thankful I am awake. That is my working title. Beautiful. Yes. I love it. So I am gonna be working on my book as well. My first book, my first. But, and I also want to invite, before we leave, I'd like to invite you and our listeners to register for free for Global Oneness Day to, um, 2017. It's the eighth annual Global Oneness Day hosted by Humanities Team, and I had the honor of producing all of Global Oneness Day this year. Yes, I, I work with, I've been working with Humanities Team for about a year and a half now, and that's why I took some time off from my show to produce Global Oneness Day. So go to globaloneness.summit.org to register for free. It's a full day telesummit, October 21st, um, 
24th, October 24th, um, and it's a, there's over 50 speakers, and we're talking about scientists, we're talking about spiritual people, people from all walks of life that are talking about unity, consciousness, and oneness. Beautiful. They, Thank you so, so much for being my guest. And I must have you back again. Absolutely. Anytime, any topic. So delightful. So delightful. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. I love you. And all the best with your next book. And I'm going to get in that publishing. wagon very soon <laughs> okay thank you so much okay bye-bye